Freddy Krueger here, a.k.a. Robert England, and you're listening to Horror Business. Too much horror business, driving late at night. Psycho 78, 12 o'clock, don't be late, I said all this horror business, my mirrors are black for you. Yeah, of course, we've been fucking recording. <laughs> all right, greetings and salutations. My name is Justin Lore. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to another bowel-voiding episode of Horror Business. <laughs> bowel-voiding. <laughs> At first, I thought you said bow avoiding, and I bow was like, avoiding. "Who's not avoiding? What are we?" No, it's because we're you're saying we're going to evacuate. Your bows are going to evacuate because we have a amazing episode today. Because we are joined by the one and only Josh Alvarez. How do you spell oh. that? What is your name? J O S H O Behave. <laughs> you might know you might know Josh from Cinepunks, right? True. The fucking golden voice at the beginning of the episode. He is I, the ukulele player extraordinaire, That's only true. augmented by my v- visage, what I look like, That's which true. is uh, a very thin white guy. <laughs> he's, not a, he's, <laughs> he's not a man of carriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, this you, is my you, first you, time on horror business. You, you would also maybe know him from his various musical projects. Like, right. Um, you might have uh, heard of uh, the uh, uh, Philadelphia uh, Metropolitan Orchestra, <laughs> wherein I am the second guitar, second violin. Uh, After he's a in a long, he's in a little band called Cross Keys. I am in a band called The Cross Keys. A little band called Solarized. Solarized. Yes. He was in the 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 brief yet glorious only glory. <laughs> only glory. Only glory. They're not yeah. they're they're not a white power band. Don't no. let the name fool you. We only played three shows and then we broke up. There's two Asians, so they can't be yeah. white power. Yeah. And, and the one show we played with Token Entry, we both wore the same Edgewise shirt. At which point, I was like. No way, bro. We're the only Asians here. I'm not doing this. And then I changed it to a Cinepunk shirt because that's what I had. Just saying. Um, he also was in uh, Hey Angel. I was in Belagost. Yep. Halo of Snakes. Halo of Snakes. Dude, someone. So Solarize played last week. Yeah. This past weekend. And uh, one of the young ladies in one of the bands that had played also said, hey, were you in Halo of Snakes? And I said, yes. And then she said, oh, I love that band. And I said, oh, you were the fan. Um, <laughs> did you then punch her with brass knuckles or something no, like that? No, no, no. That's reserved to confound and confuse my enemies. I did I did like that band too though. You are always you every time you you be like, "Hey, hey, did I send you that Halo Snakes thing?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, man, you sent it to me. Did you did you like it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I told you. I love that Listen, band." You're I like, never okay. know. I never know whenever I do a musical thing if people like it or if they're just being nice to me. And I know that that's fucked up to say. I like that. It's it's just the self uh Deprecating ideology I take into all of my artwork, including podcasting. Oh no, I just I know that we're the best podcast. The, 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 the fact that we're not at a bajillion downloads is just because people it's never sickening. people don't get caught on to cool. It's their fault. Right away. It's it's well, totally that's what makes it cool. You know, you know how many think pieces I've seen about gloss since they broke up. That's how this thing's going to be. Yeah, I mean. Cinepunks won't end until I'm dead. Right. But what'll happen is I'll die, and then the next day BuzzFeed will be like, 20 podcasts that you should have listened to while they, a guy was still alive. <laughs> 20 episodes of Cinepunks you should have listened to before they got rich and sold out to some big corporation and bought a Corvette. That'll happen a- the day after I'm dead, is what you're saying? Like, I'll die, <laughs> no, and no, Josh no. will be like, We'll, we'll be creatively yeah. dead. Yeah, yeah, we'll be creatively finished, and it'll be fine. It'll be a communal thing. We just talk about shit. You're never creatively done. I'll have opinions <laughs> until I'm in the ground. 
<laughs> I like that. Till I'm with St. Peter. Right. St. Peter. Armies. <laughs> God damn it. Man, hey, horror hey. business is so weird. Yeah. Hey, you how guys does, do things hey, way different. Hey, how does horror business usually start? It usually ends with me and Liam fucking with each other, yelling at each other. Not yelling, but there's like there's like pleasant banter. Uh, Liam gets mad at me about some technical thing. <laughs> I reject and invalidate his anger, and then we accept it and move on. Well, I think there. we usually start off though talking a little bit about uh, recent horror. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, okay. How it should start is we talk about stuff we've seen recently. We didn't get a chance to talk about this the last episode because I realized on the last episode because I realized we did it the day after we recorded sure. the Phantasm Remastered, which is yes. a good thing to talk about because we're doing a Phantasm retrospective today. That is what we're going to talk yeah, about today. So, so we, what, the, the reason we've allowed Josh into our sanctum, which normally we would never... We would deny him. Yeah. I also want to say the horror business sanctum is way different than the Cinepunk sanctum. There's like a bunch of dead skulls and bats hanging around here. No, it's true. We, it's we, creepy we set, in here. We set the mood. I'm which just was, saying, I got a glow f- stick hanging around my neck to signify to the other monsters in the room that I'm not to be touched. Because that is a precedent I like to set, and you guys well, are fucked up for bringing you me in this you don't weird know how hard, cave. Of you don't yours. know how hard it was to construct this cave because, as you know, Justin is a vegan, right? So mm-hmm. we had to wait for all these animals to die of natural causes, <laughs> yeah. before we could then treat their skeletons and bring them into the room. Right. I'm a big fan of the uh, five foot wingspan uh, fruit bat you have hanging over the window. It's terrifying to me. I don't know why I'm here with you guys. We're here to talk about Phantasm. Yeah. We're doing a double episode in the sense that we're going to start off here on Heart Business talking about Phantasm. And then we're we'll going to We'll put continue. this up first, yeah. and then we're going to continue with Cinepunks. And for you, the listener, it'll feel like two separate things. Mm-hmm. We're just doing it in one fell swoop because fuck you guys. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> we do just what gonna, we want. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. But yeah, let's talk about that. We went to, I guess, for so a lot of people listening to this might have done this as well because yeah, it yeah. happened all over the country. They released the transfer i don't know if it's 4k 2k whatever the i think fuck. it was 4k because he did it when they did uh the force awakens didn't he like that i think the, so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Were so, you, was it you who told me that story about jj yeah i think we this? might have talked about it a little bit on on the last cinepunks right. but basically uh jj abrams with don coscarelli they did this remaster phantasm's never been released on blu-ray and so now and it's still technically not out yet we don't have the blu-ray yeah, yeah. but they did a theatrical run of the dcp and then they did it all on one night so that when Don Coscarelli and some of the um, actors could do a Q&A at the Alamo Draft House during Fantastic Fest, they then s- broadcast that. That's awesome. What was cool about it, what I, I, I loved, like, I mean, I have no eye. You're talking this. This is someone who standard definition is my way of life. Right. Sure. So from a man who defies standards. Yeah. <laughs> the cool thing about it was um, <laughs> they did like the, the Q&A with Roberto Quezado, I think his last name is. I don't know. The last time we talked about this, I said Justin knows the guy's name. I don't know what it yeah. is. He's ah. a, he's he was like he 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 did some technical stuff on the first film, and then he produced the second film. He did like a Q and A afterwards, and there was some dude like sitting back by where like Liam and I were, and he was like, "Yeah, I just have a question. Did you guys use like a repeating wallpaper for the crypt, the marble?" He's like, because I noticed there was a repeating pattern. And the dude yeah. was like kind of offset. He was kind of like, yeah, we actually, because I guess it was like stone, just plain stone. And they went right. out and got like marble wallpaper and put that up there. And he was like, yeah, because I never noticed that before. But seeing this, I noticed there was like a repeating pattern going on. Like that's how good the transfer wow. was, is that someone caught that. No shit. Yeah. And there were little things too, like. Well, why uh, you got to be a dickhead and bring that shit up during the Q&A? No, he was nice. He about was it. nice. He was, he was just yeah, asking. I think that's fucked up. But yeah. go on. You're an idiot. I'm not an idiot. I'm real smart. My mom said. But I'm just saying. <laughs> there was one gonna... guy. There was one guy at the Q and A 
who was the fucking dude from the Itchy and Scratchy. Like, when uh, uh, he plays his ribs like a xylophone. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, dude, Liam and I came up together in the uh, trenches of uh, screenings with directors and everyone doing the Q&A afterwards. Yeah. I now will sooner take a ball-peen hammer to my own toe than sit for one of those ever again. No, I, they're occasionally not. They're, I mean, unless it's like Joe or like nine, Nicholas Winding Refn, I'm not staying. 80% of the time, I'll say they're not great. But I felt like the Don Coscarelli thing was pretty good. Yeah. I felt like the guy for us is pretty good. So, you know, but even it's funny because very rarely are there jokes on Saturday Night Live that have anything to do with me. But did you guys see this past Saturday? That was the skit. Was the film? It was like a short film fest. Everybody gets up who's in the movie, and it leaves only one person in the audience. <laughs> I didn't and, see that. <laughs> and then that person is trying to come up with questions, and they're all bad. They're just wow. terrible. But everyone's like responding like they're like real questions, you know? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was actually pretty funny, and I thought, I think the funnier part this? of the story is that you watch Saturday Night Live still in 2016. No. IndieWire, the film website, <laughs> posted just oh, the clip, okay. and I watched it on there. Damn. <laughs> but after, the, after that, I thought, am I going to watch an episode of Saturday Night Live? I think I'll try to watch it. And I went on... I went went on and tried to watch it and it wouldn't work for me oh man brutal so i was like well fuck then fuck you saturday night live yeah fuck that saturday night i don't need live. to know about that <laughs> so this episode actually was the brainchild me and liam had like this really like touching moment outside the theater we were like getting ready to leave and we were talking about like recording cinepunks more and i was like hey we should do a, a phantasm retrospective and liam was like yeah I, th- I think i'd like that and i was like all right i'm gonna get going liam was like yeah man We'll talk about it. And he like walked back inside. And I was like, that was so like <laughs> it was so Coscarelli. It was wow. so yeah. At like, that at that moment, at that moment, J- Justin should have been grabbed by the tall man. Yeah. Because that's like sort of how Phantasm, oh, we just connected on we an just, emotional yeah. level. And here's the tall man to get you. <laughs> so <laughs> so okay, so we did that. What other horror things and, I, and Josh, you can jump on into this too. Right. What horror things have we done lately? Um, I went to Monster Mania. It wasn't in, 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 in Hunt Valley. It wasn't anything too crazy uh that was where i don't know which bump we're gonna put in but shout out to jeff thibault the fucking beardy man he's he's beautiful and i love him got us the hookup you'll hear him um the only the only person i really met this year that was like i mean i met william zebka johnny from a uh, karate Kid. yes totally that was awesome. awesome i shook his hand and thanked him for having the courage to he fucking cool, yeah. hand the trophy did to daniel a, did he have a mustache he did not know oh, no nor did he sweep my leg which right I was, yeah um, but the coolest thing was I I, I met Bill Mosley, who uh, is like the nicest dude in the world. Yeah, <laughs> like he, he was at uh, the San Antonio House Core Horror Festival that I was at. He's such a... And what's funny is when... Because um, my girlfriend and I did like a weekend in D.C. that weekend, and we're driving down there, and she was like asking like, oh, who are you excited to meet? I was like, oh, like Bill Mosley. She's like, oh, what was he? And I was like, fucking Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw. He was Johnny in the remake of Night of the Living Dead couple other things yeah not i didn't mention house of a thousand corpses or anything because like, i don't I'm not a fan of, yeah i'm not a fan of those movies so we get there <laughs> and like talking to this guy and he's like super cool like hey where are you guys from like hey what's going on like blah 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 and then i'm like all right well we're gonna go yeah good to meet you man and he, and ash is like you should have why didn't you tell me he was like the tall guy from devil's rejects and i was like oh because i didn't know you watch those movies right and now do you, do you have an anti-zombie stance is that your deal you don't like robert zombie uh, I believe that's his given name. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was Roberto. Bob Zombie. <laughs> Bob Zombie. Bobby Zombie. Roberto. I've always known him as Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Zombie. We um, call him Bobby Z. I don't. But anyway. I, 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 I don't have like an anti-zombie stance. I think I. I think I have a similar stance to him as I do with like Eli Roth. I don't like their movies, but I think that they have you know like inside of them. If they would just reach deep down enough, 
they got that one good movie in there that's right. like you know what I mean because like I fucking hate Eli Roth so I mean so I, I, I kind of do too but like I feel that guy could really make an amazing movie if you really want I think I talked about this in the last episode wow. the, the Cinepunks I was on here because we are talking about like Cannibal Films and this was right, right. when Inferno was coming yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. like same with Rob Zombie like I see his movies and they're not awful but it's just like, come on, man. I heard like, the new one is truly is awful. Fucking really? That's, abysmal. That, yeah. yeah, I heard it's a lot of Malcolm McDowell talking. Dude, it's just fucking terrible. Did I talk about this on the last Cinefunk yeah, episode? You did. Yeah, I hated it. We saw it, and me and Melani were both just like, this is some fucking horse shit, and yeah. I can't wait for it to be done. I mean, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a Rob Zombie apologist for certain movies. So Right. You support Lords of Salem, don't you? I like it. I like. Here's the thing I think about it's Lords, good. Here's the thing about Lords of Salem. When I watched it, I was like, yo, this movie is straight trash. But that night, I was like laying in bed thinking about it. And then I went to bed, and it was still in my head. I woke up, it was still in my head. And I was like, I guess if the movie kind of stuck in my, you know, stuck with me like that. I guess it's same with Creep. Like, you know how like a, a few weeks ago, I was like, yo, Creep is fucking stupid. You were like, I don't know, man. Like... Like I thought about it, and I was like, "No, I I think I really like that movie now." Wow, no I, I I think I like Creep more than Lords of Salem, but I will say that Lords of Salem is a movie that really got under my skin, and I think there's more there than people give you credit for. But I I also don't. I mean, I don't love House of a Thousand Corpses. I don't love Devil's Rejects, but I don't think they're terrible. And I know a number of people who will go to bat for the second Halloween remake. No shit. A Halloween lot two? of people. Holy uh, Moses. I've Dude. never seen it. I actually, uh, I've only seen the first one he did, and it was just painful. So I never saw the yeah. second one. Dude, but I know a lot of people will defend ass. the second one. Right. So I don't know. All I'm saying is I'm not going to see 31. And I mean, you could until, see it just so you could suffer with the rest of it. No, 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 no. My plan with Rob Zombie is until a significant amount of people endorse a movie he does, I'm not going to make an effort. Right. If that many people tell me it's bullshit, I don't, I'm not so contrarian about him <laughs> that I'm <laughs> like, have fuck to be you like, guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. do it like anyway. It. The, the, again, I, that's how I was with Lords of Salem. The only reason I saw Lords of Salem is because I was ill. We talked about this on the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I wouldn't, wouldn't have watched it. And then I did, and I was like, everyone's wrong. This movie's great. Mm. It's only great because you like Jodorowsky. Uh, that's possible, but <laughs> if you didn't like Jodorowsky and you saw that piece of shit movie, let's keep going. Justin, right. do you have any other? Oh, wait, can I tell my Bill Mosley story? Oh, you have, you have a Bill, Bill Mosley story? story? I watched a movie called God Told Me To with Larry Bill Mosley. I saw it with Bill Mosley and um, the. Oh yeah, that movie's great. You told me about this at the yeah. at the house. Wait, 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 wait. You watched it with in Bill the same Mosley room with Bill Mosley and. The Pantera guy who's the Nazi. What's his name? Phil Anselmo? Anselmo. Phil Anselmo, yeah. They were in the same <laughs> room. Fuck? Well, here's the thing. So, No, things. that's his fest. House Core Hearth. That's okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so there was like five people in the room, yeah. two of which was Phil Anselmo and Bill Mosley. Yeah. I had the, uh, do you know Monsters Outside, the the t-shirt um, guy? He makes these t-shirts yeah. that are all wacky. Yeah. I have the Evil Dead rip. That's okay. the Drop Dead, Evil Dead mock-up gotcha. shirt. Yeah. And um, Phil Anselmo was introducing the movie. And... In his introduction, he's like, that shirt is awesome. <laughs> and then he was like, we're playing both Evil Dead and Drop Dead are playing this weekend. You know that, right? And I was like, yeah. Yes, I do. Thank you, Phil. Then did he tell you that he died once? No. I feel like he'll just bring that. <laughs> he definitely like, did not mention like, it. Did you also know that I love the Smiths? <laughs> so, did you ever see that? Did you, have you guys ever seen that YouTube video of Phil Anselmo talking about the Smiths? No. Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. He's like looking at the thing and he's like, let's see here. Um, yeah, oh, Cemetery Gates. I guess that's where we got it from. <laughs> yeah, the thing, about, the thing about the Smiths is that there's a real dark undercurrent. <laughs> it's real. It's, you know, it's poppy. It's jangly. 
musically it's real effeminate, but then you get into the lyrics and it's dark. <laughs> if you don't see wow. if you don't see the hard Dude. metal core to the Smiths, there's something wrong with you. So good. It was so, so funny. Good. He's like basically what's supposed to be just him talking about why he likes the Smiths becomes Phil Anselmo arguing with assumed metal straw like not that he's wrong there is probably a metal guy watching this going what do you like dismiss that's stupid but like he's hearing that voice in his head and instead of making a case he's arguing with this guy in his head like if you don't see they're real dark and i was just like fuck man are you on h right now like that's what is going on amazing but the story is not about phil and selma the story is about bill mosley yeah, yeah. so Finish. now we're sitting next to bill mosley right watching God told me to. It's an awesome movie. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, people just start killing people, and when they catch them, they're like, "Why'd you do it?" And they're like, "God told me to." And that's like basically the premise of the movie. But then it goes in the like weird directions after. Yeah, that. that's crazy. Larry. Larry Cohen did that, right? It's yeah, yeah. 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 It's like a uh, nineteen seventy six something. Yeah. like this. Larry Sorry. Cohen, who you might also know from the stuff, the stuff, Q, Q, the winged, winged serpent. serpent, and it's, it's alive. alive. Ahead, so, um, so later that weekend, there's nothing to do in San Antonio. During the time that we were there, we were watching bands and watching movies. And then there was times when we were just taking a break because we're like, we just need to take a break from all this loud music and horror movies. So there's a the Riverwalk in San Antonio. Go see. Yeah, I hear about this. Yeah. And there's a there's a, um like a boat you can ride on this river, and then you just ride down the river and look at all like the stuff, and it's fun, right? So Bill Mosley gets on the same boat as us, and we're sitting there like idiots. Me and Melania are smiling like, oh man, Bill Mosley's going to sit next to us. He's going to talk to us. It's going to be so cool. We're totally friends already because we sat and watched a movie with him. We're totally going to be boys. And he sat down next to us and then got up and moved. <laughs> he just saw us sitting there smiling at him, and he sat down, like, and he this. just got up and then left. Didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. Hey, it's Bill Mosley, and you're listening to Horror Business. <laughs> Is he on the list? No, he's not on the list. This is my year of absolution. So this is my year of forgiveness. Okay. So all these people are removed from the list, but that did not put Bill Mosley on the list. He took a hard business pop, uh, flyer and was very excited about it. Like he, he was way yeah. into like the, he might be listening to this right yeah. now. Being Bill like, Mosley, you're not on my list. What's cool about him is I got I got you know how they have like when you go to horror conventions they have like the eight by ten yeah pictures. glossies and all that you can there was of course okay. most of his were like Chop Top or Otis Driftwood I was like yeah. I'm gonna do Johnny from Night of the Living Dead. Nice. So I was like, you know what? You can you can sign it as dog dick. He was like, you got it, man. So he signed it. This is great. He signed it. They're coming to get you, Justin. Bill Mosley. And then on the tombstone, he wrote, rest in peace, dog dick. Nice. <laughs> it was so awesome. So good. So, so good. Wow. That's amazing. So, yeah. Um, that was also the weekend I went to the Holocaust Museum, which is horrifying in like an existential level. I mean, technically, that's a horror thing you did, but yeah. I don't know if that's <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll just that's skip over that. Material. Yeah. Um, any other horror stuff you've seen? Yes, lately? we talked. Uh, Sci-Fi premiered the first episode of Channel Zero on Tuesday, which sure. you were jocking sure. pretty hard on social media. Yeah, you were that all about it. was. Um, I mean, the first we Ashley and I watched it the other night, and it, it's very like it, it. It veers dangerously close to being like the best. Okay, so it's 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 very like it's like a darker version of Stranger Things. Like it takes place. Now and in like 1988, like when this guy, the main character was a kid when his like twin brother got killed along with a couple other kids, like unsolved mur child murders, which is fucking it. Like, you know, when you're a guy who's like, my brother died when I was a kid. I don't really remember my childhood. That's it. Yeah. Um, Stephen King's it. Stephen King's it. Yeah. Right. You can't just say, say it. it yeah. And people think they <laughs> people, know what yeah. they're talking about. Um, but yeah, it was like, for those who don't know, it's like, it's based on that. Have you guys ever seen that like weird, I, I guess it's. Creep, creepy pasta is what the kids are calling it. Crep, yeah, creepy pasta. They're the ones who 
this is based on, right? Yeah, Isn't yeah, yeah. That- it's this like video, and the whole thing revolves around this like TV show that like these kids, these adults are now talking about that they remember seeing as children. And the one part that like really got to me was like they're like, oh, they're like there was a TV show about those like puppets at sea, and they're like pirates and shit. And the one girl was like, oh, do you guys remember that like one episode where it was like the puppets were just like screaming at the camera, and then that skeleton came out and killed them all, and the guy was like. No, that wasn't an episode. That was a nightmare I had that I never told anyone about. And I was like, all right, that is fucking creepy. That's like, right. so there was a whole bunch of shit like that, a whole bunch of weird imagery. And I'm, it, it's def, it's only six episodes though. So I'm sort of just like. But you're into it. I'm into it. Yeah. Okay. And you know, it's this, it's the time of year where the strain. Is it Netflix or is it? Sci, uh, sci-fi. So, oh, so, but is it all available now? No, no, no. To, it's, 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 it's not like a, it's not, it's not like a binge phenomenon. Right, right, right. Um, I guess another horror TV, the strain is like. Getting really good. Yeah. Next season's going to be their last season, which I think is kind of cool. Because um, that'll be like, what, four seasons or yep, three? Which was what Del Toro planned the whole time. It was like, we're going to do four seasons, and then that's it. So I can nice. respect that. I'm into it. I'm, I'm a little behind, but what I was I'm watching like, was pretty I'm, good. I'm like one... I didn't watch it last night, but when I was on Twitter... Twitter was blowing up about all this shit. I was like, oh, cool. And if I go home, if if, if, <laughs> if I visit my parents tonight, my dad will be like, so did you watch The Strain? I'm like, no. And he's going to be like, well, let me tell you what happened. I'm like, dad... <laughs> Wow! Thanks, so, thanks, thanks, yeah. Dad. Thanks, uh, spoiler, no, my, 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 my Dad. El Spoilerino. My dad doesn't do that. He just gets excited to have something in common with me, which I can respect. Hey, man, that's um, cool. So I'm trying to think of any, anything else. Uh, just watching a lot of horror movies recently. Sure. Um, yeah. I watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space last night with my girlfriend. Right. Last weekend we watched Halloween three and the first Texas Chainsaw. She was justifiably excited on both of them. Has she seen Halloween three before? Nope. She never seen. You've it. seen it, right? Uh, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. I, I don't I know why this that's is funny. I, I don't think know this why is, that's funny. Because I think this is a good transition point. <laughs> yeah, because Josh, we were, we were <laughs> Justin, Justin Lore, more than anyone else, though he was not alone, was amazed and possibly horrified that you had not seen possibly? Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Yeah, and well, now I know you've seen it, yeah. so I want to know what you think of it. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I keep on thinking about what Tom Atkins' hand must have felt like when it went in that guy's stomach. I agree. I think about it like... Maybe once every three minutes, or I'm like, do you think it felt like lotion? Can you, Did he get all like softy handy after? Can like, you uh, expand on your positive feelings towards the movie, but make sure you end with an insult directed at Justin Harlan, who did not like the movie? Oh, wow. Well, I mean... I just like the bust on you, Justin. Sorry. Justin Harlan's the best. No, he's not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like us ska fans know... You know, the third wave is always the best one, right? No, it's totally not true. <laughs> not totally true at all. True. Hellraiser 3 yeah. is a fucking abomination of a film. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's the same way how I'd never seen Blair Witch Project, and I watched the remake and enjoyed it with no shame because... That's unforgivable. <laughs> maybe, but I no. was the one dude in fear having a great time, oh so fuck both of you guys. Because <laughs> I had a great time because I had no... Dude, everyone was rolling their eyes, and I was like, are you guys seeing what's going on right now? This shit is so fucking scary. This is fucking unbelievable. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. Me and Ren had a great time. But uh, Halloween 3, on the other hand. Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. I didn't, I, I mean, I knew that the, the plan was like after the Mike Myers storyline, they were going to try and do Halloween stories that yeah, were just yeah. Halloween themed. Yeah. Such a genius idea. It really is. The that fact really, that no one else has stolen it is like really weird to me. Yeah, for real. That The fact that no one's like, yo, this is what we're going to do now. Like, is like, dudes, this is like Tales from the Crypt on a grand scale. Yeah. This is amazing. And yeah. I love Tom Atkins. I think it's funny that um, I watched this in the midst of my Phantasm revelry. Sure. And both movies, or well, canons, I guess, 
have old dudes scoring like young chicks and being weird. Tom Atkins is way better at it, though. And Tom Atkins, I have such a hard time buying him as a doctor that sits at bars in flannel shirts and drinks shots of double shots of whiskey and smokes cigarettes. Yeah. He's like, I'm a doctor. Like, come on, Tom Atkins, thrill me. I don't, I don't, I don't buy this. My favorite part I of that love movie. Him. My favorite part of that movie is after having sex with that girl twice, thrice. He is. How old are you? <laughs> yeah. Dude, and then <laughs> it's like not the time to ask, bro. She then says, "Old enough," and because he's a horny old creep, he's like, "Just good enough." Assessment. Wow, yeah, like man, Whew. Tom Atkins, this? or or when the woman next door has like uh, magic lasered her face. Yeah, yeah, he's just like, "Who cares?" Yeah, <laughs> what was that? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Dude. I'm glad you liked it. What, Josh? What other interesting horror things have you seen or done lately? Uh, seen or done. Well, uh, I also saw a movie yesterday called They're Watching. Now, How was that? How was you it? know that my stance on first-person shooters is definitely negative. I am not a dude that enjoys like found footage movies at okay. all. That being said, this movie was not the worst thing I've ever seen. Okay. It had the same... like The problem with horror movies or modern horror movies as I see them is that I hate every single character in them. And every single time it starts, I'm just like, man, I hope all of these fuckers die. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And this movie is... Uh, it it it, ha- it started with that, but then I hung in there because I was like, well, what the fuck else am I going to do? So let's just do this. Yeah. And uh, by the time I got to the end, I felt as though I was rewarded for hanging in there. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. Because the end had moments where you're like, this is a little bit genius. And then... Um, yeah, it's a it's a found footage movie. It takes it's it's centered around the idea of like an international house hunters. Okay, right. So they uh, take this young lady and they the, it's a TV show crew and they go to this house that they find in like this like Eastern block like place, right? This like sure like villager kind of place, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, it's a fixer upper, but it's like all fucked up, like it's all burnt out and like there's like weird soot on the walls and all this stuff. But the lady go getter American, she's like. We can work with this. We can work with this. And then, to her credit, she makes it work, right? Yeah. And then six months later, they go back to do a recap on like the story, and that's when shit gets a little bit like haywire. And it goes crazy in such a way that you're like, yo, this is kind of entertaining. And then by the time it goes full bore, you're like, holy shit, this is pretty awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not the worst movie I've seen. It's definitely not the best movie I've seen. It's a but ringing endorsement. It's um, it's 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 as good as you're gonna get in this season. I, I think. think you're just surprised that you enjoyed a found footage movie. I, yeah, that's also true because I typically hate them with a with a vehemence. We can definitely recommend a little movie called yes. The Final Prayer. The that, Final Prayer. That what was movie this? Was fucking bonkers. It's yeah, a Brit- it's a British film. It's okay, really good. Do you, you just saw it recently, or last, ep- last, last episode, episode of Harvest? Is this cool? You don't listen. It's fine. Yeah, no, because I'm busy playing in four bands, and you know, don't have time to listen. Touché. to your- <laughs> He's got us there. He's got us there. <laughs> just clearly, just break up one of these goddamn bands. No, we're to more too Harvest. good. All of us are good. So anyway, anyway, so anyway, watch the final prayer. Right. Um, it's noted. really good. It has. It, it, it definitely satisfies all the requirements to be a good founded footage movie, and the ending is fucking terrifying. Like it is. I started watching Lights Out too. Did you guys see that? Ugh. We saw that in theaters Ugh. together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, I would. I would rather. I would rather have my dog piss in my hair while I slept and didn't realize it till like early, later in the day. Wow. When it was too late to change, yeah. and I had to go through the day like that. Then watch that movie again. I did not finish. Do it. you have another thing, or should I go? No, go ahead. Yeah, I'm done. So I went to a little event 
called the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival. You're always Yay! taking my thunder. You're always stopping no, all my so, lines. Dude, I was so hyped for you. I was so hyped. And I saw the press pass, and I was hyped on that. Oh, yeah. I also saw Shin Godzilla. Oh, right. Let's, let's have you talk about that first. Because yeah. we, based upon your review, we skipped Shin Godzilla. Yeah. It's asshole. I mean, it wasn't just your review. <laughs> I wasn't was, the only one who hated we're it, right? Hands. <laughs> a lot of people hated it, yeah. Yeah, dude. It was like watching uh, In the Loop or like another movie about legislature. But with a Godzilla. But with... So Godzilla... With a Godzilla. Godzilla's in the movie for like 20 minutes, maybe. He goes buck wild. He busts up Tokyo, right? Gojira. He, he goes... They call him Gojira in there. They say, That's we'll cool. call him Gojira. That's but, his name. um. Dude, they go haywire. He goes crazy. He shoots shit out of his back spikes. He's breathing fire. And he tears up Tokyo. Again. Have you <laughs> That's what he does. I wasn't done talking. <laughs> and then he goes to sleep oh, for shit. 2 hours. He's... You understand me? He goes to sleep for 2 hours, recharges back spikes and fire. And during this 2 hours, they're going the government is making legislation to fund the scientists to figure out a way to kill Godzilla while he's sleeping. He's asleep. Oh, my God. Dude. Uh, oh, man. It was brutal, man. It was not a fun time at all. I had, I had the opposite of fun. I mean, I like the look. I, I thought the creature design looked pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's fine. But then there are moments where like he, they, they show head-on shots of him in the camera, and he's got the dead eyes. Like they just push little doll eyes into like a big. It just didn't look right, man. I was there with. I'm our, not our, into it. I was there with our friend Eric, who's a friend of uh, our podcasts, and um, he's uh, he he enjoyed it. Uh, he, they can't it, see you winking, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Eric said that he enjoyed it. I did not enjoy it at all. Uh, and well, uh, I mean, know. we're still going to see it at some point. It's just not worth it to me to make it to like a special limited no, screening. I mean, I, yeah, and all the reviews doing, they are only so did negative. three in Philadelphia, right? You know? So I mean, I feel a little known. Godzilla is one of the non-horror franchises that I I, I I love and will go to bat for. Um, so I would like. I feel as sort of a completist. I should say it at least. Right. I get that. I'm um, not mad at that. But yeah. But I mean, I, I've definitely heard that it, it it the one review I read. I don't know if it was bloody disgusting or one of those said it, it it almost takes itself too seriously and tries to be more than it has any right to be. Right. Which seems to be consistent with what you're saying. Yeah. It's weird when people sub, like defend it. Like I know that the movie movie guys liked it. And um, I know that uh, I, a few people I've seen were really into it. And, uh, you know, well, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll see it and I'll be like, whatever, Josh, you just don't get the, the layers and complexities. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but I will say. That our man, uh, Dan Fraga of Exune Films, who has an entire tattoo sleeve dedicated to the Godzilla franchise, was like, there's so much talking in it. <laughs> yeah. So, so there you go. On the other hand, I went to a little event called the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival. What was it called? The Brooklyn Horror <laughs> Film Festival. Uh, so this was, uh, I, I, I don't think I, I, I didn't meet the guy who runs it, but one of the programmers is a guy named Matt Barone, who I know from Twitter. Our friend of the show, Sam Zimmerman, was involved in it. Uh, and I saw at the fest a few people that we know, so that's cool. Did you uh, see Barbara Crampton? She was not there. The director of Did Beyond she the ask Gates about Lore? Was she like, how's your friend oh, Justin doing? When I, when I did meet it. Barbara Crampton, she did not mention Justin Lore, no. <laughs> um, but uh, no, just Jackson Stewart, the director, was at the okay. uh, Brooklyn Horror Film Fest. So I saw a few films there. I went to the opening night movie, which is a movie called Dearest Sister. How was it? Uh, it is the second film out of Laos. Uh, wow. The s director put out the first film, 
that actually left. So there's been 13 movies made in Laos. I think Laos, Laos. Is that right? Laos, Laos is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Laos. Uh, this woman is the first female director in Laos. And she made the first horror film ever in Laos. Wow. And it's the first Laotian film to be played internationally. And this Amazing. is her second film. So now it's the second horror film, horror, horror film ever in Laos. Uh, and so it's a movie called Dearest Sister. And it's really interesting. It's kind of like a um, supernatural but also family drama. The, uh, a young woman is sent to her rich relatives in uh, Vientiane to sort of care for this woman and her cousin is this like really rich privileged woman she's a white husband but she's going blind slowly uh and sort of as the movie progresses this isn't like a spoiler you learn that as she's going blind she's like seeing weird things including these ghosts and i guess in not just laos but also in thailand there's this thing where sometimes ghosts tell you uh lottery numbers Look at Justin laughing at yeah. a whole culture. As the only Asian person in the room, I see nothing funny about this, but go on. This is what we get for inviting a white <laughs> into our safe space. You invited a white, Who and before you know it, they're laughing. No, 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 What's no. funny, I just said that, and I realized actually it's Justin's show. <laughs> Who brought the white guy? Who brought the, who brought the white? So just, I almost pissed my pants laughing the other night trying to tell my girlfriend about the revelation that Scooby Doo's real name is Scoober Doober. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with lottery ghosts. Scoober, Scoober. Just lottery. Oh, lottery. dear God. I, I laugh at stupid things, and it's not, I'm not laughing at the custom. I just picture like a ghost like showing up. Like, I'm, at, I'm like, oh, what, what lottery number should I pick? And I look over, and there's like a ghost in a sheet like 27, 43, <laughs> 6. So, what, what actually happens is these spirits are people who recently passed away, and they assault this woman. Like, she, it is not pleasant. That's and right. then she goes into a trance and she says numbers, which people think are just her being a crazy person. But the cousin, because the cousin is from the backwoods she kind of guesses like oh i bet this is the lottery and so she plays the numbers and so the movie seems kind of basic in that sense but what's going on is the class differences between the two cousins and they they come to care about each other but there's also a weird power dynamic then there's the servants in the house who are laotian but they judge the the madam of the house, the the ma, the matriarch, because she has a white husband and he doesn't speak Laotian. Uh, he understands it in the movie, but he can't speak it. And Man, what's it like being friends with a culturally insensitive white person? Yeah, never heard of it. I wouldn't know either. Not an occurrence <laughs> that's ever happened in well, the so last it, it, horror all, business episode. All that, all that to say is that there's really interesting things around gender, class, but also like colonialism. Because here's this white guy, and he has this. Uh, non-profit that's stealing money so there's all this tension around wow. that and uh, meanwhile there's this supernatural angle where she keeps seeing these ghosts but the movie's more about the relationship between her and her cousin which sounds kind of lame like oh so it's like just a family drama but I don't want to spoil anything for you but let's just say things go beyond hurt feelings and the movie right. stays within the realm of horror. Sounds like a very mature movie for a second feature. I really liked it. Um, I know it had mixed responses. Some people did not like it as much as I did, right. but I thought the performances were great. The special effects on the ghost is not great, but the movie cost like 30 grand to make, so whatever. Wow. It was kickstarted. She literally just like, hey, I'm going to make the second Laotian horror movie ever, so give me 30 grand, and she raised it easily, and then bam, made this movie. Um, but I thought it was really, it was a good way to start the fest. Then just to 
not take up too much time. I also then saw a little movie called The Master Cleanse, which is also the first feature length of a director who he did a short that did really well in 2010. But then he's been working for BuzzFeed, doing like shorts on BuzzFeed, like all those dumb BuzzFeed videos or whatever. And then he made this full length. This is his first full length, but it was great. And I don't understand. He got all these famous people in it, like uh, Angelica... Uh, uh, Houston, Houston is in it and uh, the dude from Roseanne John Goodman no the boyfriend oh uh, from the Big Bang Theory that guy yeah Ugh. and uh, uh, who else is Jimmy on? Galecki Johnny Galecki I think that's right it, basically if you see I did it, that without a phone if you see it everyone in the movie is basically recognizable right and uh, it's this guy is his life's basically falling apart he's like a almost endearing loser more loser than endearing but there you care mm. about him a little bit and he goes on this cleanse retreat where he's gonna he's gonna wash away all his toxins and he's definitely going because he likes this girl he wants to talk to this girl and um they on the retreat take some goo they have to drink this goo and then of course they evacuate okay only what they evacuate turns out to be a cute little animatronic gross puppet that is like the physical embodiment of their issues. And so the movie, though, uh, symbolically is really predictable. Like As soon as the movie starts and you see where it's going, you're like, oh, I get it. I get the message. And it would actually be pretty tiresome, but the performances are really good. The jokes are amazing. Like, it's really fucking funny. And then these little fucking creatures, which grow. So you're talking about multiple puppets throughout the movie. Yeah. Are awesome. They are the perfect amalgam of gross and cute. Like, they're gross because they're kind of squishy and they have hair and whatever. But they have these huge doll eyes and they just go like... So they're they're like cuter ghoulies. Yeah, but they make the ghoulies look like like bad claymation like they're next level animatronics go on that's fucking awesome <laughs> i mean like, to do but <laughs> but, uh, but you know what i mean like like it, when i say they're puppets you just you can picture like a very 80s i felt like they were very well done and it, they continue to be well done through the whole movie and between the special effects and the humor of the film i was sold even though it even ends in the way like if you'd asked me 20 minutes in how does this movie end it ends how I would have predicted. So it's was not great, but it's it's endearing enough that I really like. Wasn't it. there a movie that came out like two or three years ago, like a similar thing that uh, Bad Milo, I believe it was called. Yeah, this, yeah, is, was with, this uh, is played less for humor. Bad Milo is like very much like a state skit. It's yeah. like over the top. Okay. This is a little bit more subdued. It, it it's funny earlier on, but until the creatures come, you wouldn't see it as that ridiculous. And they even with the creatures, they try to play it as seriously as possible. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Um, and then uh, I finally saw Beyond the Gates, the Barbara Crampton movie we were talking about. I hadn't right. got a chance to see it. I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, I w- I don't say I, I wouldn't say I fell in love with it, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. And then um and then I uh saw a little movie called We Are the Flesh. Yes, I heard this movie. About that is so fucked up. It's like, yeah. next, let me just say this. I, I found We Are the Flesh to be in in the tradition of Jodorowsky completely like insane. Just like, not quite as symbolic as Jodorowsky, but definitely like, fuck narrative. Here's a bunch of really intense situations and images that we're just going to suck you into. But even more than Jodorowsky, I would say uh, this movie needs serious trigger warnings for oh. Whoa. sex, Incest, emotional and physical abuse, cannibalism, uh, and general like insane fuckery. Right. And yet, if you can deal with all that crazy shit, <laughs> it's a really beautiful, disturbing movie. Like really beautiful, just next level. Like 
there's but um, there's a lot of simulated sex that I'm not convinced is simulated. There's <laughs> okay. a lot of gore. It's the sort of movie that gorehounds would love if they could get past how artsy it is. But usually gorehounds hate art, so they don't really wouldn't really put up with this movie because there's like there's no plot. But which they're literally. I mean, to give you guys a little synopsis, as much as I can do without ruining the movie, is the movie opens with a crazy man who's on his own. He's just in an abandoned warehouse. He. Uh, makes gasoline out of rotting goo. He puts that gasoline on a little thing and sends it out to the outside world and he gets in return food and he spends most of the time just being crazy and alone and hitting a drum. And then one day two young people break into his place and he captures them and then he says that they can live with him if they do everything he says and works for him. And they're so desperate for food and water that you assume you're in a post-apocalyptic landscape, which you may or may not be and is not revealed to the end of the film. And this dude is so charismatic and insane. They just do whatever he says. And he like takes care of them. He makes them food, which is just like eggs that he cooks like over a little burner. He stares at them constantly. And uh, they're to a boy and a girl, brother and sister. And he almost immediately starts encouraging them to fuck each other. And then the movie gets crazier from there. Uh, yeah, they, they sounds insane. They yeah. turn his space into this like cave, womb-like cave space. Like just between construction paper and wood, he makes them turn it into a cave, which is just an open space. Before that, every day he makes them work on it, and he basically tells them his poetry, which is mostly just like weird, crazy person rambling, and he just looks insane. And then things just keep going off the rails, off the rails. There's eventually cannibalism and gore. There's a lot of various orgiific scenes there's all kinds of cocks that i don't think are fake and <laughs> and and then Dude, uh, you are not selling me on this movie yeah, at all I'm, I, literally i would not recommend this movie to either one of you and i would still say it's probably one of the best movies i've seen this year wow but i know josh you're way too sensitive you yeah. midway through you would have been like I don't think I can do this. Uh, yeah. Justin, you'd put up with it, but then at the end, you'd be like, oh, I feel bad. <laughs> the, to give you an idea, someone reviewed it and said, we are the flesh will give you the most disturbing kind of boner. Right. All right. I liked it. I thought it was really good. <laughs> but again, straight sure. up, I mean, you just have to be honest. Trigger warning. If you're really bummed out on sex and violence, guess what? That's all this movie Not is. Not the movie for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I might just, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I'll pass. It's yeah. cool. I mean, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I want to uh, encourage you to make that decision for your own well-being. Okay. But also let you know that you're cowards. So if I could just balance those two things out. Yes, make the right decision for you. Also, I'm judging you. Totally fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I can, I'll, I'll sleep well tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was a good time. I felt like the fest was put together well. Everyone was, was really well nice. well organized and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The venues were not like super nice, but I... I don't think for that sort of event you need like the most shiny venue, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, I, I really had a good time. And like I said, I saw some cool people. Uh, Joe Yannick, who's been doing some editing for us. I saw John Abrams, who's the head editor over at uh, Daily Grindhouse. Uh, just you know, met some new people. It was cool. It was a good time. So, uh, and then like like everybody else here, I've been watching lots and lots of horror movies as just well for the season. Just for the just season. Just for the season, man. Oh, I also went to the Terror Weekend. I just want to. I a little bit at Mahoning. I went to Texas Chainsaw Massacre night, and I got to hang out with friend of the show Chris Reject. He is not nice. a friend of the show. Friend of Cinepunks, Chris Reject. 
<laughs> He's a shitty friend to sit upon. <laughs> hey, he prints our shirts. That's good yes, enough for me. Good guy. Good but guy. Yeah, I, love, so, I love Chris. I'm just. Well, I'm just Josh. We, we have a lot of phantasm to talk about, so I think we should take our first break. Uh, and then actually, jump in. real quick, should we? I want us to just say this weekend at Mahoning, the weekend of the 21st. 22nd and 23rd is the Bigfoot Gone Wild weekend. That's true. We yeah. can also do that at the end. But we, we can do, do that at the end, yeah. So we're going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to be talking about 1979's masterpiece. <laughs> Fucking masterpiece. <laughs> Fucking beautiful masterpiece, Phantasm. Very good. Phantasm. The delusion of a disordered mind. A phantom. A spirit. A ghost. For nearly four decades, it has been contained, but evil always has a way of breaking free. Tommy's gone. <laughs> it's hard to believe. It was a good idea not to let your little brother come to the funeral. Hey, I don't like this place. Something weird is going on up there. The funeral is about to begin, sir. What's wrong with you? There's something up there. I saw it. You got some kind of an overactive imagination or something? I know you're not going to believe this, but these things were here. Oh, give me a break. Okay, I believe you. What we gotta do is lay that sucker out flat and drive a stake right through his goddamn heart. We're gonna run that tall bastard straight down to hell. You play a good game, boy. But the game is finished. Now you die. Phantasm. Don't fear. <laughs> okay, we're recording now. All right. We're back. You got to let Justin do the back. We're oh. back. We're back. Okay, that's good. We're back! <laughs> okay, so I don't know why I yelled all of a sudden like that. So we are going to start out this retrospective by logically talking about phantasm i'm hesitant to even tell you what it's about because if you're telling if you don't know what phantasm is about you're probably not listening to this i don't want you to listen to my podcast (laughs) you are a fucking poser and i wouldn't i wouldn't go that far but it is weird that you're listening to this episode yeah yeah. if you haven't seen Phantasm, so i'll backtrack a little bit i won't call you a poser i I, i'm confused by your behavior and you don't make any sense to me (laughs) unless you're really young what if they're really young you know what you're an apologist no i'm not man hit pause on this and then go watch phantasm and come back (laughs) i think i think i think josh has a point we do want to be welcoming yes to people who are unfamiliar with horror. i mean let's say this if you haven't seen phantasm you are not actually a horror fan i'm okay with saying that yeah and if you're a horror business fan you're also probably an elitist Probably. <laughs> Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so Phantasm. Um, I tried actually when I was telling my girlfriend today when we were not having sex, you fucking assholes. Wow. Man. Um, Are we going to edit that out? That not, seems it's a little. Not, it's not our fault that you're always fucking. <laughs> so anyway, she asked me what this episode was going to be about. And I was like, oh, Phantasm. And she asked, 
oh, what's that? What's Phantasm? She's not a horror person. She doesn't know what Phantasm is. And I was right. like, oh, well, like there's this kid and this guy and he's tall and there's spheres and yeah, it, I don't know. And she's like, so w- w- what do you mean a guy? I'm like, well, he's like tall. And he Call like, the he, tall guy. he's the tall man. And she's like, what is, like a, what, what is he like a demon? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I think Liam thought he was like a demon. I always thought he was like from another dimension. My it's, dad is like he's a fucking alien. He's a, how how is he not an alien? Yeah, he's so like, it's a like you interplanetary ask, time traveler. Is he? See, that's what I'm saying. That's it's what like, I always. Well, thought. But let's be clear: in the first Phantasm, it's not clear that he's anything. Yeah, right. You so, know that he comes from another dimension, but what that means, they don't clarify so, at all. Um, so, so it was mid 1979. Um, I've always kind of had a soft spot for this movie. Um, when was the first time you saw it? I think I, f- I I remember seeing bits. I, I I was familiar with when I was when I was really really little. I knew what it was. I knew because I would always see like the scene where um, Mike is like laying in bed and the doors pop up from either side. Yeah, I knew who the tall man was. I didn't actually sit down and watch it in full till after I was maybe fifteen or sixteen when my dad and I caught the very end of Phantasm Oblivion, the the fourth one. Ugh. And there's wow. the scene. I really I really like that movie. There's the scene at the end. It's it's literally the tail end where like where it's like it's just the wind. Yeah, and yeah. It, I was like, well, what was that? And my dad's like, well, you know, it's these guys grew up together, and you know, like when he was little. And I was like, well, can we watch that movie? My dad's like, yeah, if you can find it, we'll watch it. So we watched it, and um, I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. And then I got really into Phantasm when I was in college, where I actually sat down one night. It was after like a girl broke up with me because that's what happens in college. And I watched all four of them at the time. Literally in like one night, just watched all right. of them. And um, they're just... <sighs> now the second one I don't hate after the fifth one came out. The second one is no longer my least favorite one. <laughs> but yeah, like that, that... I like the second one. See, I, I hated it when I was younger. Did you? But we'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to we'll, it. We'll get to it. Um, no, but I mean, it, it, it's just this weird movie in, the, in that, like, I think it's the one movie that successfully uses the, it was all the dream trope. Like, Phantasm the Canon or? No, the first movie. The first movie. Phantasm one. The first one taken as, the first one taken as, a, if you look at the first one, I am willing to accept that that was, like, every time I watch that, at the very end, when it's just Reggie and Mike sitting there, and like Mike's like crying, and he's talking about how he misses his brother and he misses his parents, and it's way fucking sadder than most people give it credit for. Right. It's really sad. And then Reggie Bannister acting his fucking balls off is like, "Hey man, we're gonna take road trip, and all this stuff." And he's like, "I know you miss your brother, but like, you know, you're having these like nightmares and everything. You haven't slept in days, and and it's like, oh, so all of that was just a dream. I'm on board with that." And then, like, at the end, it's like, oh, no, the tall man was... Like, so I guess I'm kind of on board with the fact that maybe the whole movie was a dream. My theory is that Mike was dreaming this and having this nightmare because the tall man was in the vicinity and his presence was affecting things. Right. That's what I always thought about that movie. Huh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, 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 it's not, like, dreamlike, like David Lynch dreamlike, but the whole movie has a certain, like, logic to it that like a little kid's dream would and i think it works like it really feels like like a little kid having like a fucking fever dream about his brother dying like he I, he idolizes his brother so his brother's this like larger than life character and then like i don't know it, it just it, it works in a way that like most dream sequence movies don't work 
What do you think? What do you think, Josh? Um, I adore the first Phantasm. The first time I actually watched it in earnest was when I was uh, already working at TLA Video, and Eric Bresler, friend of the podcast and Philomoka mogul, was like, "Yeah, you should watch this Phantasm movie again." And I'd seen it before already, but I didn't really take any attention to it until yeah. that time. And when I saw it, I definitely was like, "This is a very layered and nuanced movie. This is great." And um, I've loved that first Phantasm from that point on. Second one. I still I liked it. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> I <clears throat> I saw the first Phantasm when I was younger, and it 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 had an effect on me because those balls freaked the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that shit was like so really scary. fucked my shit up. But yeah. like, it didn't have the effect on me. I think because I was young, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street that like changed my life. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so that Phantasm was, like, was, was not a life changer for you. Not at the time, but then when I saw it as an adult, I think you're well. So I. I you you, you kind of touched on something, Justin, I think it's worth talking about. Phantasm is a deeply melancholic movie. It's ve- yeah. It, mm-hmm. it is a movie about it, loss and yeah, it's and like even like the idea the grief process. The the thing about dream the, the thing about the it was all a dream trope is that it's a way to get yourself out of a shit hole you wrote yourself into. Yeah. Right. And that's not necessarily not the case with Phantasm, only because you know, the movie took forever to make. They just filmed it on mm-hmm. the weekends. There was a lot of issues with continuity that they were trying to figure out, like, oh, what we did this, that. They filmed it all in this one house yeah. for the most part. Yeah. And you know they there was a lot of weird shit they didn't use because it all showed up in the Phantasm Four. In Phantasm yeah. Four. That most of Phantasm Four is just, yeah, it's just all that weird sh- stuff that was. And wasn't... I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that didn't even go into Phantasm Four, you know. There, there is some stuff that there's there's one scene where Mike and Jody come across or Mike finds this like casket and there's like something moving inside of it and he's like, Jody, Jody, I'll get you out. And he's like trying to open it and he's like really trying to, and then Jody comes around the corner and he's like, where you at, man? I've been looking for you and they both look at the casket and it's still shaking and they're like, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> they just like walk, like that's ne- that never made it into like, so I do think to yeah. some extent, like I'm sure there were in the I'm sure the the magic of that movie is editing that they have a million mm. miles of film and, and they, they got to figure out how we're going to make a narrative out of this, right. which I, I think so that, you think it's like an exquisite corpse of a movie like it just got, has all these bits. Well, but not I wouldn't even say that I would say that it's uh, a it's it's one of the largest like most sort of uh, impactful uh, independent horror films that it's okay. truly independent truly people just like let's figure this shit out let's like put our t- our free time in with no money to make this fucking thing like it's very much on the fringe thing but it's also a passion project like yeah. that Coscarelli he edited out full sequences like if you the scene with the tree and the tall man being hung yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a large thing for him to edit out but then leave in the fucking music part where Reggie and and uh, and uh, what's his name uh, Mike and oh no no Reggie and Jody Reggie and Jody are rocking out. That's a long sequence. That's yeah. a long. So uh, Coscarelli made that decision that he was like no 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 the the, the guitar the, part like where they're singing. Stays. I'm that's, so happy they kept that in. There. That's important. <laughs> I, and again, I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, couch quarterbacking their his directing or editing. Right, right, right. What I'm saying is that like it. It's a decision you make because you're passionate. You're passionate that this is a rock and roll film. I mean, right. when we watched the Q&A, uh, which neither of you guys got to see, that was one of the main things Jody wanted everybody to The actor who played Jody, I don't remember his name, Mike something, or no, Dave, or Bill, or... Sean, I don't know. Fuck, the guy who plays Jody, he was like, what you guys got to understand is it's a real rock and roll movie. It's right. a real rock and roll. And like, I was kind of like, what? But then as he talked about it, the idea that everyone involved in the movie was involved in music, that mm-hmm. that was not like a bullshit, that when they're 
playing that music, he's like, every time we weren't filming, that's what we were doing. That that idea of a bunch of hippies sitting around playing music on a front porch, yeah. that's what filming that movie was like. That was wow. like literally, that was almost at, for him like a behind the scenes moment of like, yeah, that's what we did. Like that's who we were. I, I think that mm-hmm. kind of offers like a glimpse because when I was younger, one of the things I hated about that movie was when I was a kid, I hated the aesthetic of the 70s. Now, I wasn't that far it's removed. because you were an it. asshole kid. I, I, yeah, I was. But now, I watch that movie now, and I'm like, it, that movie is so, it so embodies the 70s. It, and I like, I like everything, the way it looks, like the fact that they're like, like Mike is this like little grease monkey kid who keeps like a socket wrench in his back pocket, and he like fucking has the knife strapped to it. Yep. Like, everything about that yeah. looks so 1970s. Yep. And I think that's like awesome, sort right? of like, like Coscarell, like, did you guys ever see the trailer for the movie Kenny and Company? It's the first yeah, like yeah. that movie is like the if you were like nineteen seventies movie, what is I mean, fucking Kenny and Company? <laughs> sure, sure, like, sure. Even Kenny is the most nineteen seventies name. Like if you were like <laughs> every male born in between nineteen seventy seventy nine, Kenny. Like Kenny. I have an Uncle Ken who sucks who was born in the seventies. <laughs> but like, I, I, so so I think um, going back to what we were talking about uh, with the dream sequence thing, I think what makes that really powerful for me is not this. Uh, idea that now I'm doubting the narrative of the whole movie, but that the movie is in a very heavy way and a way that I don't know that any of the other movies are until the last movie, which is part of the reason why the last movie is such a bummer that it's so bad. But that first movie is so much about, is this actually a horror movie about a creature that's a bit, or is it a movie about death and about our relationship to death and our relationship to loss? And so that dream sequence sort of, backs that up whereas then the next subsequent three movies try to be like yeah 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 but it's but mostly it's just a, horror a scary movie. horror yeah. movie yeah. With I think the, fir- the first one is horrific either way you look at it like if it's a literal tale about this whatever the tall man is waging war on the inhabitants of this town that's terrifying enough sure but then when you look at it like what if it's just the dream that this little kid is having about his brother that he misses like that is so heartbreaking that I, I don't even think I can like again I don't think enough people really appreciate how sad of a movie that is. Like, yeah. it, and the subtlety in which it's delivered too, yeah, that it's like, not beating you over the head with this type yeah. of thing. And and let's, I, I think that part of that is because I think you named it that the acting is surprisingly good in the movie. Yeah. Maybe it's not as dynamic as some other people, but for what the movie is, Mike, Reggie, Jody, they work for what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And then fucking Angus Scrim, Jesus Christ. Dude, he's so the good tall as man, a tall man. Yeah. From moment one, Till even the shitty last movie, Scrim kills it. Like the yeah. man is the tall yeah. man. He owns it. He never breaks. He never adds anything stupid. But in. then when he does break, it's part of the narrative and right. it works too. He, you know, it, what it, I mean? yeah, like, not 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 to jump around, but in four when he like when you see him pre, you meet Jebediah Morningstar. Right. I, I remember tweeting like. Pre Tom and Jebediah Morningside is such a good dude. Because he's like, like so nice. He, this dude, like this fucking stranger, walks in his porch and he goes, "Oh, you look unfamiliar. No, oh, you're not from around here. Would you like some? Lemonade? Would you like some lemonade? Like, yeah. oh, you're such a good dude. Like, <laughs> and I mean, there's yeah. there's this like it, it, in the in the first one, uh, the scene that's like, I mean, it's one of the scariest scenes ever, and nothing really happens. It's the shot of him walking down the hallway in slow motion, yep. and just how he's his so good. his gait looks so unnatural and weird and just fucking alien. And that's that's what I mean when I say like like a, he looks like a monster in a dream, not like the dumpster bum in like Mulholland Drive, mm. but like. It, it, it's very much like it's so sinister and like otherworldly that it's like I've never seen anything else like it in a movie. I really do think about that first one 
it feels like a movie that was put together mostly in post, that they had an amazing amount of sequences and then they had to cut it down and make it like a coherent. Do you guys feel that way? Like, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you think they felt bad about the Jawas in Star Wars looking like the shrunken people? In no, there? I think Coscarelli, like there was someone asked Coscarelli like an interview about that and he was just like, no, I don't. <laughs> like he's just like, I don't, like they're, they're cooler than the Jawas, I think. Like, I don't know. I, I, I whoa, that first, yeah, we're not going to start. Star we're not going to start that. That seems like a weird thing. I'm just, I'm just, I, I don't, it's I'm, an avenue we shouldn't explore I, right I'm, now. I'm not trying to drive down that. I'm just saying, right. I like the fan, I like the Uti, the Utinis <laughs> are not cooler than the so Lurkers. So let's, let's focus on, let's focus on this first one because I want to wrap it up. Uh, at some point, just because we have a lot of phantasms to talk about, but I think so many it's so iconic. What do you think is you just mentioned when this? While I was thinking about it, Justin, what for you is the most maybe terrifying or visceral or just iconic moment from that first phantasm film, dude? Hands down, the fucking Angus Scream coming out of the mirror. The no, it's not. Oh wow, that okay. is the most terrifying thing. That I'd seen up until that point when I saw it the first time. Like, that was fucking scary to me. Hmm. And it's still, I mean, think about it. Dude, it's the first bait and switch that I can think of that really affected me. Where you're like, oh, we're done. We're not done. Like, that kind of like. Well, actually, if you want to get technical, the no, it's not is from the second one when they say, oh, it's all a dream. And he goes, no, it's not. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> but still. What does he say at the, at the end of the first boy. one? He just uh, He just looks at him and goes, boy. And then, and then a creature comes through the mirror. He's, right. yeah. he's in the corner. Terrifying. Yeah. Fucking terrifying. So scary. Yeah. What about you, Justin? You said one. Do you have another moment that's like particularly visceral? Or um, I always thought the part where Mike is like under the the car in the garage. Yeah, and he's like, fit. and it, it, I mean, it, it sort of because it immediately goes from like it, like there's the really creepy like tense thing. He's like, they're jumping on the car, and then he hits Jody in the foot, and it goes from like that to like it it briefly fours in like Three Stooges territory. Sure, <laughs> but then he, then he says, "Are you sure it's not the kid down the street?" Tent like the <laughs> it's really fucked up. He uses a a word I'm not comfortable using. Kid down the street jumping on the hood of the car. But but when Mike is under the hood of the car, he's under the... You know what I'm talking about. He's bringing up weird shit. Yeah. Go on, man. He's under the car and he's fixing it and like he hears these noises in his garage and it's not a big garage and there's something like really creepy and claustrophobic that you're in this room with these things Yeah. and like you're defenseless. And then like it's it, it just like... I don't know. It, it, it's always like every time I watch that movie, I'm like... Something's like it's gonna be different this time. Like something's yeah. gonna happen. Like something scary's gonna happen. But yeah, that and this the, the slow motion shot of Scrim walking down the hallway. Like so I think good. for me, it's the one dream sequence in the cemetery with the bed. Uh, it looks so much like an album cover. Yes, yeah. It, it looks really so much like a Black Sabbath, whatever. That like every time that moment happens, I'm like, what the fuck were they on? <laughs> what drugs were they on? They're like, let's just shoot this. It doesn't make sense. It's not like narrative. Like it's, you know, it's just a weird moment, but it's just so that. And then um, the shot of Mike is closer to the camera and then Angus is down the hall from him. And such a good shot. Oh, God. Every time I see it, I'm like, God, that's just magic. Yeah. I mean, it's horrifying magic, but it's just magic. It's it's beautiful. So uh, I think this is a good then transition question. Do you feel like, even though we've now watched five films, okay, Mm -hmm. do you feel like. Were the world a better place? Phantasm would have ended with this first movie. No, no. I think it's like what you said earlier. It's too much of a passion project. That it was a movie that was literally fueled by people's love of making this particular movie. And I think that um, 
that the reason that the first one was so good was because there were no bounds. I also think the ending again. We'll we'll get to it, but the ending of the fourth one, I I just I love that ending. Like I it 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 really the full circleness of it. Yeah, all. like did you hear some? No, it's just the wind. Like that's so, that again. That it's melancholy. Like it's yeah. Um, I I I do I do think that it was worth that the the story was worth exploring further, for better or worse. Yeah. I uh, I don't know that I agree. I think, I think that I think, the problem was that they started setting a bunch of rules with the second movie that they didn't adhere to, and then the thing is, by the third one, you're you're already like claiming it as like a thing, like oh well, just the fans like it, and like kind of apologizing for its shittiness. Whereas what I think should have happened was they should have been like, no, let's commit to the storytelling and not care about what people are wanting. You understand what I'm saying? So you feel like there's a little bit too much of like, you know, what is it the fans want to see? Yeah, it got championed too hard by a succinct group of people, by a small population. And it felt as though as the movies go on, they're just pitching to that and they're abandoning the actual vision of the first movie that made it good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, as we go forward, um, and we'll we'll start talking about Phantasm 2 next, but uh, I don't hate any of the movies until five. Like I think they're all good in their own ways. Uh, four's got some really big problems. I, I I'm okay with all four. Until is four your favorite one, Laura? Or is, no, is the first one. First one's a yeah. favorite. So is it go like one, four, one, three, four, three, two, and then five? I don't count five. Wow. <laughs> so so I don't hate any of them until five, but I really personally think one is so complete yeah. and such a total story. If someone said to me, I've watched Phantasm multiple times, but I've never seen a sequel. I'd be like, yo, that's totally okay. Well, I said that and I just realized, well, that was me. I didn't watch a sequel. So we watched <laughs> Until these we started talking about this. So I don't know why I'm like defending myself, but I, I do think one is so complete. I guess I guess I expected to see the sequels and think, man, I've been missing out. But now I've finished them. I didn't hate them, but I don't feel like I was missing out on anything. Right. I feel yeah. like it's funny because that one- first one is so good. And again, it, and and to me, when I feel like it's because that first one is so good that the second one struggles because the second one is just not that whole introduction the whole fucking montage flashback it it has to exist because it was done the movie was done they have to do retconning at the level of bringing back a super you know like when a comic book is like and this is what happens when you thought we blew up the red skull there was actually an escape pod that's how that's how the beginning of phantasm 2 feels is like look guys phantasm was done it was fucking done but you want more so so we're gonna shoot a whole fucking sequence to get to having a second movie phantasm the delusion of a disordered mind a phantom a spirit a ghost. For ten years, the secret of Paragord Cemetery has remained a mystery. Now, three innocent people are about to discover the ultimate evil. You think that when you die, you go to heaven. <laughs> you come to us. people this summer 
The ball is back. Phantasm 2. It's only a dream. It's a dream. No, it's not. Rated R. Right, right, right. That's my feeling. I don't know about you. But let's talk about it. Yeah. Phantasm 2. You said you grew up hating it, Justin. Do you still hate it? And is there anything about it that you find valuable? Okay, so watching it with you, I definitely, I, I think maybe I liked it I liked it more just because I was watching it with someone that I could be like, oh, like, first off, I'm like years older than I was when I first saw it. I don't mean to be all like, hmm, and adjust my monocle, but I do believe <laughs> that I'm a little more, I can, I, I, I have a lot more under the belt, so to speak. Not much, but some. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing that I hated most about it was, I fuck, first off, James LaGrosse is fucking terrible. So fake, weird. Who, he shall henceforth be known as f- Fake Mike. Fake, <laughs> fake Mike. Fake, fake Mike. Mike. Is real Mike. Fake Mike. Um, he, he just like... Is there any story as to why the Mike character didn't come back for that second I movie? I think... I want to say that it was like he did a Michael Baldwin, the actor who played Michael. I think he did like he was doing like a spiritual retreat or something uh. like that. Like it was something like it, it was something like it, it, it was like it was like a legitimate reason. Like the dude had some like personal reasons for not coming back. Right. Um, wow. But the thing that I don't like about the movie is it's like and this this goes on. This is like a problem with most of the Phantasm movies. Is it's so on the nose about fucking everything, including the very end with the. Don't worry, it's a dream. It, and then the fucking tall man, no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It, it's so like, why does everything have to be explained? Like, why do you have to explain every? And that, I mean, that's that's a problem that I think at all of these films suffer from, including the first one when they find the dwarf in the dwarf in the car, and yeah. they show its face, and then you're like, oh no, that's their friend that died in the beginning. And just so you know and don't miss it, they show a flashback to the friend in the beginning. Right. Um. It it also it's it's very uneven in tone. I, I realized this when watching it with Liam recently that it, it still kind of sticks to the dream logic. Like mm-hmm. it kind of has like, like if you're going to dream and you're like, oh, I need to fight these monsters, like you're going to have like some weird weapon, like a gun that only fires every fifth bullet right. or something like that. So these guys have like a, a, a four barrel shotgun and a fucking flamethrower that they make, which I don't know how they make it because Mike's been in an institution for half his life and Reggie is an ice cream man, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, that's the allowance we're making. Yeah, that's the allowance. So, uh, but... It, it, it it's very it's like the first one was this really creepy fractured narrative that like kept you off your feet yeah and it was it was so surreal and weird and this one is like there's first off there's so many explosions in this movie right like so much shit gets like a michael bay movie yeah. yeah like so much shit gets blown up and for no reason like okay uh, i said this before and i'm gonna say it again this is Don Cascarelli's Aliens. Yeah, no, that's what I'm, that's what I was getting at. Like the in the action tone, like where they're sh- they're doing the military sweeps of the room. Yeah, yeah. What? Where did fucking Mike learn how to do military sweeps? Where did Reggie? He's a fucking ice cream yeah, man. Yeah, I, ice cream I don't, man I don't, I don't believe that Reggie wasn't in Nam. I feel like Reggie <laughs> spent time in Nam. Touche. So, so I'm okay. Touché. I'm okay with that. Touche. But Mike. The thing is, is like we all we know about Mike is that no one believed him after the first movie, right? And he's been in a fucking mental hospital, apparently having like mental telepathy sex with some random blonde girl <laughs> and who tells, won't shut the fuck up the whole. And he first tells part Reggie, "Oh yeah, remember when you blew your house up?" And he's like, "That never happened." <laughs> like he imagined like the when the shit that happens in the beginning of the movie. 
like you're like, oh, they blew the house up. That's it. That's how they escape. And he tells Reggie that Reggie's like, Mike, for the last time, I didn't blow my fucking house up. Like that never happened. And then you know he's talking about like Aunt May and the turkey that's coming down and the twins. And then they might told me and kills his family. But it, it's just like the thing about that intro is it's so unnecessary because we just saw that whole sequence where he blew his house up. But that was shot for this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. So why not skip that and just be like. Hey, remember that weird ending of the first movie? Well, now Mike's in an insane asylum, and we just won't explain it except for that Reggie's like, none of it happened. Yeah, that would be sufficient. That but would instead, be they're enough, like, yeah. let's do a whole fucking action sequence with <laughs> yeah. weird, you know, vocal or uh, uh, voiceover and all this shit. It's so weird. And then like, there's so many like bullshit fucking like cliche. There's how many times does Reggie say like? It's time to kick some ass. And he puts his dumb fucking hat on. What's his hat say? Like, party, party, da- boogie down. That's yep. his boogie yeah. down. But fuck you, Reggie. And he's just like. I do, I do like how they establish in this movie, though, his whole like, yeah, Reggie's going to get some action. Okay, that's cool. I, I do like it's not cool at all. It's the worst part of the no, whole. No, no, it's so weird, I man. Like, it's so weird that that's even in there. It is, but like, like what the fuck, guys? This movie has so many like. It, it's like it's like first off, they're at the funeral for Reggie's family, which he recovers from surprisingly quick. And he's like, "Yep, time to kick some ass. Let's do it." And then they do that. And then there's like there's at least there's literally two or three more times in the movie where they're just like, "All right, the time is now. Let's." And they're just like gearing up for fucking war. And you're yeah, like, "But you know what though? Here's the redemptive thing about this movie." The scenes in the se- in the mausoleum with the with the balls flying around it looks so good to the me. The scenes where those the, are my favorite scenes. Surprising, I think it's surprisingly and good. And the yeah. fucking yeah. kills in this movie, like those, dude, they're so like the great. Minions where it bores into the guy's back and comes out his mouth. Amazing, really good, so good, dude, so good. Like that's the, the thing about even this movie. The, like, even the ripped off sequence from Nightmare on Elm Street where there's the fake yeah, where it comes off her girl back. and her spine comes up. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I saw that Nightmare on Elm Street movie too. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think this is this is part of my anxieties like the original phantasm feels so original yeah and then the second one I hate seems to repeat so myself like that but that's what it is <laughs> it feels so unique and then beginning with this one and it's... continuing on to the other ones it's like don cascarelli's like hey guys i saw some movies let's, yeah. let's work some of those themes <laughs> this, into this movie and, and, like this this one just it suffers from it first off it suffers from all of the terrible tropes of horror movies in the 80s and then on top of that, all the terrible action tropes from the '80s, including but not limited to that horrible music cue that we kept pointing yep. out. Like, did you, you know? Did you catch it too, Josh? The, I don't know if I caught it's, it, it. It's it's from I think a Mortal Kombat video game. You'll probably hear it. We should have taken a break, which we didn't do, but I'll, I'll force a break. Right. And I guarantee that fucked up noises in the trailer because you guys know what we're talking about. It's the '90s. <laughs> it's so like, but yeah, the the whole like it, it just the whole movie is like. And then there's yeah you're right this is when it starts with Reggie like just fucking everything that's not pinned down let's be like let's be clear so too disgusting. Reggie in the first movie is asexual yeah. remember it's it's Jody who's always trying to get laid yeah oh no Reggie does get with a girl at the end and she stabs him but that's not very and again Jody's Jody's getting with woman it's a not creepy at all it's right. completely fucking consensual right. and he's like smooth about it. he's like hey we're at the bar <laughs> hey yeah you're hot I'm hot let's do this yeah. and then Reggie in this movie it's like hey ignore my skullet and let's like <laughs> yeah. get it on and there's you're like a wait hitchhi- what there's a hitchhiker uh, Reggie I've been having visions about her dying look Mike a man's got needs on the road <laughs> <laughs> as they're pissing Paris like close to each other yeah. and he's like talking to Mike like you know I got needs Mike like well and it's strange too because they they one of the things they've never handled well in these movies is the passage of time like you're just not supposed to acknowledge that these things have happened over like 
decades before the next movie. Yeah. So like starting with the second movie, you're like, Reggie's a man out of time. But right. we're supposed to like accept that he's contemporary. And you're like, no, like it's it's whatever that movie. What is that? 1989 at that point. 1988. Yeah. 88. The second one came out. He, you see Reggie walk around in 1988, and you're like, what's up with this fucking hippie? Yeah. What's up with this fucking fogey? What's his deal? <laughs> fogey. <laughs> I mean, and by the time you get to the third movie, it's like Jesus Christ. Dude, the third movie. Let Let's transition to the third movie. Wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 wait we're not quite done with two because I have to say this. I said it on the internet when we were watching it, and I gotta say too. Let's also keep in mind, I mean, not that they're going to make another one, thank God, but let's keep in mind, Reggie should be wearing dad jeans. There's a moment <laughs> midway through Phantasm 2 where for no reason he switches to pleated Bugle Boys. <laughs> with nice. a, remember the Bugle Boys had that weird cargo pocket you couldn't actually put anything in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they like tapered in a weird way. It was like a patch. At some point, he switches from the dad jeans he wears for most of the series to just this, the last few sequences he has these Bugle Boys on. And it's so obvious to me. One, because Bugle Boys were, they were pleated. So you got this balloon crotch <laughs> effect. And I'm just distracted. I'm like, wait a minute. Reggie's not hip enough to cut his fucking skull ponytail. But, bald he's, ponytail. These but he's like, I, I bought ass. some new pants. Yeah. They're just Bugle Boys. What's the big deal? And I'm like, come on, man. Get out of my fucking face. He might as well have them French rolled over those hiking boots he's yeah, got on. Jesus Christ. French roll is a hard I, I, stop. I will say the Reggie sex scene in this movie, while it's creepy, it's, it's funny. It's only creepy and weird, not because he's like, come on, baby. I mean, I got to give me what I need. I want that loving. It's the fact that. It's like watching a fucking cartoon. Like I'm honestly surprised Reggie's eyes don't bug out and steam doesn't shoot out of his ears because she's like riding him with her underwear on. He's fully clothed, my dad, and he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> well, but let's be clear though. At least I mean I'm not convinced she's real. Like I'm not convinced she's not creepy the whole movie and she's just pretending. Well, yeah, because but even take that away. At least this is consensual sex. Yes, this, yes. this is the last time. In the series where you're not thinking, Reggie might be a rapist. Yeah, yeah Reggie, needs Reggie to back might be the a weirdo perv. Like, like, what are you doing, man? He's so creepy. <sighs> All right. I, I think we're done with two. Do we want to move on to three? Uh, are we going to play a trailer? I don't even think we need a trailer for three. For th- is there a trailer? We, we should just for, just for, for the sake of completion, we should play a trailer for three. All right. Phantasm. The delusion of a disordered mind. A phantom. A spirit. A ghost. For most of his life, a young man has been pursued by a sinister force. Now he must learn the secret of the ultimate evil. Now it is time for you to come back to me. Remember, if this one doesn't scare you, you're already dead. Phantasm 3, coming soon. You know what I will say? I think an excellent analogy for the Phantasm series is the musical career of Guns N' Roses, where they start off really powerful and then go directly to shit right after that until now. Uh, I don't know. People who saw... I, I think if uh, I think if uh, if Phantasm Five had had the strength 
that that recent Guns N' Roses. Everyone who saw Guns N' Roses on the latest tour were Ooh, like pretty hyped. We on were yeah. wrong. They were amazing. No, yeah. they were not amazing the whole time. They just played all the songs off of Appetite for Destruction. I, I get, went to the show. Oh yeah. So, but people. People who Dude, told what are me, the highlights of the Philadelphia show? Number one, that they did a damned cover. Number two, that they played Wish You Were Here. Songs from the past that they didn't write. But people told me them. but people told me he sounds better now than when they were uh, an active band. Because supposedly he was always drunk and high when they would play, so he sounded terrible live. So now that he's sober, he sounds good. That's what people are saying. I don't know, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, I just think being stoked wise, on being stoked on Guns N' Roses is not that different than being stoked on Taco Bell. Like, <laughs> I get it. I get it. You can have like a positive or negative Taco Bell experience, but you're right. still a Taco Bell. Like, let's just live in the world that you're in. Dude, Appetite for Destruction is 53 minutes of pure rock joy. And then get out goes, of my face. You like Danzig too? Eat a dick. I love Danzig. I just want to r- 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 real quick before we. I want to tell a brief phantasm anecdote. Let's do it. <laughs> when I was out in California a couple of years ago, a um, friend of the podcast, Kelly McDonald, who told me that if afterwards, after seeing Phantasm 5, she was like, I'm glad you hated it because if you had said you would have liked it, that would have been the end of our friendship. She walked out of a screening of it. Um, shout out to Beyond Fest out in LA. Kelly helps run that. Um, when I was out there, she was like, we're going to go see the Phantasm House. And I'm like, oh shit. Now, if I say we're going to go see the Phantasm House, what do you think? Uh, the White House that gets blown up? The White House. The 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 The... The, the mortuary. Right. So I'm like, let's do this. And we both think it's the mortuary. So we're like driving and it's like 45 minutes outside of Los Angeles and we're driving and we're going on this like suburban road and it's like destination is on your left and we're like, what the fuck? And it's this like little ranch style house. It's like, oh no, it's Jody and Mike's like childhood house. Oh. So like in the picture, I'm like, she's like, let me take your picture in front of it. I'm like, yeah. So I'm just like, <laughs> thumbs up. We're at Jody and Mike's house. Because that, 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 that mansion is like four hours. It's like up in like way the fuck Northern California. But right. So that's like, yeah. The- I mean, I think, I think I get the reason that they would consider that the house because they filmed a lot of the movie. There. Yeah. That's like, like, like uh, Roberto. I forget. I don't know his last name. I feel like an asshole. They were like, not only were they filming there, they were living there as well. Like, wow. that, yeah. So like, that's amazing. And it sucks because apparently they just last year, they demolished that house and built like a shitty like McMansion style house. So Weird. rest in peace, Phantasm House. Rest Man, in peace, Roberto yeah. so Zombie. Let's let's say okay, if I I don't want to I don't want to get into this because too hard as far as classifying these sequels because <laughs> I don't have a good option for four. But to me, I feel pretty strong about Phantasm Two is like Coscarelli's Aliens, only it's not good. Yeah, Phantasm Three it has a real and I want to see how you guys feel about this. It has a real Tales from the Crypt vibe to it. It does. It, I would it, agree to that. It, yes, both in the the, the film quality and in then the just special like the weird effects. Episodic method There's, of it telling the story. It feels very episodic and it's very much like. I love Tales from the Crypt, but a lot of Tales from the Crypt episodes are like, what is it that horror fans like? Let's give them what they love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. This it's movie, very obvious in the scene when the kid throws the frisbee and it cuts the dude's throat. It's that's just amazing. Like, I mean, it's amazing, yes. Yeah. Agreed. But it's very like, here's our PG-13 horror movie, little kid throwing a Frisbee. Yeah. That whole, you know I mean? that whole thing was very, too, like that whole sequence, it felt very... Home third. Alone. Well, yeah. also like third movie. Like, let's add in some wacky characters that you're not expecting. <laughs> a badass kid who let's murders people. Let's add a child people. who shoots yeah. guns. It's like married with children. Yeah. <laughs> Convinced and condensed it into is, a horror movie. It, but it's yeah, and but it, it's very 90s. Everything about that movie is very 90s. In, yeah. In, 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 and just to play devil's advocate, I also think that that kid's house setup, that it's the little kid who lives on his own and has a booby-trapped house after his parents died. Again, I think that kind of plays in with the dream logic that 
Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like that. The, the there, there's always abandoned children. There's always this feeling of the world. Do you get the sensation though that the that deferring to dream logic is also saying like, well, it's shitty, but dreams are shitty. So I mean, I I mean, I, I think that was kind of Coscarelli's intent. I mean, it doesn't work a hundred percent of the time, but I'll give the man credit for like, I do think that was his intent. With, with also, I mean, it, this is clearly also. A Home Alone ripoff. Am I alone right. in this? Like, no, that? no, that's no, 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 I said no. that. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a badass Home Alone. It's like it's weird like, Home Alone where Macaulay yeah, yeah, Culkin yeah, yeah, yeah. is like, you know. I don't. So, I, for some reason, I thought people under the stairs as well. I don't know why. Like, no, I actually think yeah, that that's part of it too. I mean, but here's here. here's the thing though. I think, I, and maybe this is the weird thing with third movies. So the first one, it's iconic. It's amazing. It has, I'm sure it has warts that if I was less nostalgic i would see them but i don't see them it's perfect then the second one it's gonna suck it's inevitably gonna suck i mean my the first feel, one's so good my feeling about the second one of of any of these series is like you gotta appreciate it for what it is now is the second phantasm as interesting as the second nightmare on elm street which is basically a weird uh homosexual anxiety movie no no it's not as interesting as that but it has it has its things that are interesting right but by the third movie yeah. Weird, you know, Dream Warriors is an interesting film. It is. In the same way, I feel like this third movie, though, there are some real f- strange things I don't like about it. Yeah. Uh, I kind of love the whole, like, let's add a badass kid and he's all badass. Let's have uh, the uh, African American woman that now Reggie's hitting on. Let's have nunchucks bring, in bring, her hand. Yeah, let's she's got, that. she's got fucking nunchucks. Why? Who cares? Let's have more of those fucking balls. Let's have this, that, the, like, the the ramp up is at this point so ridiculous yeah. that it's more fun to me than the second one. The second one was less fun. I mean, it tried yeah, okay. to be fun, but it wasn't fun. Yeah. The third one, I'm a little bit more like, yeah, fuck it, man. Let's have all the balls. <laughs> bring back the so, shotgun. Actual this like, Mike is back. Is like, like yeah, the real Mike is, real back. Mike is What's back. going on with Mike's fucked up hair in this <laughs> yeah. movie? Dude, I have no idea. Shit. Yeah, well, is this like the Gremlins 2 then of this canon? Is this like the whole... Oh, no. Because no, Gremlins is... 2 is... We all defend Gremlins 2, but we're idiots. That movie's terrible. That movie's absolutely fucking insane. Yeah. So is this the fucking insane of Phantasm? No, I would would say... We're bringing him back! He's a ball! His eyes are gold! Like, all that, like... I would say this was more... If we had to compare it to to another three, I would say it was more like Day of the Dead. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Just in the... You know, like, there's, like, the weird... You know, you kind of get, like... uh, There's the, the revelation... Not revelation, but there's the whole thing that, like... The tall man is trying to turn Mike into, like his successor yeah right and you know it, it offers a, a little more of a glimpse into like the tall man's like not much of a glimpse but you're like you're like here's his motives and um fucking jody comes jody comes back quote unquote i guess sort of yeah um you know i i i i think it's it's not the strongest number three of, of a movie but it's better than like i don't know hellraiser three or I think also more than some of the other sequels, it's a movie that I think with more money and time, it could have been better. I don't think it could have been as good as the first one. No. But it's a ramp up with less money and a little bit of a feeling, I'm sure, of like, we just got to get this fucking It's also a little more focused than the first one. The first one is like so fucking insane. And like, uh, again, like the the beginning, you're sort of like, so wait, did the house getting blown up? Did that actually, it didn't happen? 
Did it? Oh, oh, I don't know. Like this one, there's no moment like that where you're like... Well, the third one tries to be crazier, but within a narrative... Beginning with the second one, we're like, okay, never mind. (laughs) Things make sense. And you just... They don't make sense in that... uh, And this is one of the things people struggle with with movies that I want to be clear. A movie can be confusing because you aren't sure what's real and what's not. And then a movie can be confusing because weird shit happens, but it's all sort of happening. Starting with the second movie, though there are moments that sort of bend reality, in general, it's like, no, this is happening. The tall man might make things weird for the people, but you as an audience member can basically assume things are happening. And the third one's like, how weird can we be but still basically say there's a plot, there's an arc, these characters are going somewhere. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the first one, it's like, God knows what the yeah, fuck who is knows going what, on. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Not that it's abstract, but it's definitely messing. There's, uh, it's again, definitely like it's all a over better the place. application, I think, of dream logic, whereas by the third one, it's like, well, he's not having a dream. It's just you decided to add this in, which in some cases is great. Like, I don't want to say what like... What did you like? What is like the shining moment of part three that you're like, yo, that part is great? I think, they, I think the ramp up of the balls actually is pretty good. And the I whole like, scene where where Mike's on the floor and he sees all all no behind. just the different ways they use them like with him coming out of the people's heads yeah and was the, that the one where, where it shows him it shows the tall man and is like I I think it's when Jody has him like in in the tall man's like workshop and he has him take the brain out of the dwarf and yeah, then put it into the put ball. it in the ball yeah yeah that, yeah I like I, I you I, like that I thought no I, th- I thought it was cool because it was like you know what the most disturbing part about that scene for me was. It's what? Like, motherfucker, wear some gloves. You're touching brains. He's like in my man. head. I know he's, he's a tall man, man and it doesn't matter because whatever dimension he's from, they don't care about bloodborne pathogens and fucking germs and shit. I'm just watching him touch brain with his hand. Also, was this the one where it shows No, that was the second one where they're 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 briefly trapped in the other dimension and the barrel breaks open and the one it, the, the dude's things, coming closer to that's Reggie. That's so fucking yeah, creepy. That scene is wild. That's so creepy. For sure. For um, sure. But no, this one, it, that scene is in this one. They show it again that in like he, a little flashback. Here's, here's the thing about this one I like with the Yo, balls. I'm so too. sick of the... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was about to start complaining. So you you be positive. Um, I like the fact that in this one, they definitively make it known that the tall man is behind the spheres because yes, in the first right. one, it just shows up. And the, the, the sphere is only in the first one in two scenes for a couple seconds it's not this iconic like the dwarfs are in the movie more than the spheres are yeah but it's so intense though. it's so insane that yeah. scene is so fucked and then up. in the second one you're like okay so it's by the tall man but it fucking it doesn't like accidentally kill one of his minions like it goes after one of his minions yeah and it gets stuck cuts in his the hand. guy apart yeah so it's like who's controlling these things and then this one you see him like taking the fucking brains out and putting them in and blah 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 and you know he you know it, he, there's like the, there's one in his head there's one in mike's head it's just nuts yeah. So um, the thing, though, that it gets established because of that second movie that continues in this movie is the fucking flashback recap. Yeah. Oh my like, god! I'm so, so brutal. Yeah. And the fact that that is one of the consistent themes of these movies, even into the fifth one, I'm like, fuck you! Okay. Like yeah. it makes me so mad. It, and no, it's multiple shitty, scenes where sure. like you're they're ref and not just the beginning part, but then later on when they're referencing something, they give you a quick flash. Like everybody knows, that's, everybody that's knows what, what you're saying. talking about. It, it speaks to yeah. I don't. It, it speaks to like it, it. It almost sounds like Don Com- Don Coscarelli lacks the confidence in his ability as a storyteller for the audience to understand what's going on. So he's like, no, I'm going to show you guys this, and just in case it's not clear enough, here's a part from another movie where they talk about it. You guys like this movie, and in the beginning he's like, so in case you forgot what happened since the last one, here's a shitty flashback is stuff blowing up maybe i don't know like yeah, it, yeah, it, it, yeah it's yeah, very yeah. It, it's almost like 
dude, just show us the movie. You'll be fine. Just yeah. fucking take a swing. If you strike out, at least you swung. But don't, you know, just don't take the easy way out and show us these stupid flashbacks that are like. Yeah. That's not what he didn't do, though. He so did 100%. We're, uh, as we said, we're going to uh, only cover the first three movies in this episode of yes. Horror Business. Then we're going to uh, have an episode of Cinepunks where we talk about the last two, which means it'll be a bummer episode of Cinepunks. So hopefully yeah, we'll have other I'm going to fucking scream <laughs> on, this, on this couch I scream about. But, but, let's, uh, but let's, as we're wrapping up this three, I, I have an idea and I, and I want to know what you guys think. And I know, Justin, you're not going to agree with this because you really like the fourth movie. But I, again, feel like even though the third movie ends on a cliffhanger because they have this idea that they're going to end in this epic way. Yeah. If they had come up with an ending and it was just one through three, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. As a trilogy? Yeah. If it I was, agree. If they, I, agree. I mean, they didn't have an ending, obviously. No. But if they had come up with one. I think the fourth movie is meaningful in its own way that we're going to talk about on Cinepunks. But I don't think it's necessary. Whereas at the end of the second movie, I'm glad there's a third movie because the second movie, I'm like, really, this is what we're going to do? This is how we're going to end it? This is what we're going to do? And I feel like even though the third movie ends in a weird way, if they had a better ending, that could have been it. And you would have been like... It could have been hard That's I'll talk about it when we own Cinepunks, but that's how I feel about the fourth one is like, okay, that's that's it. I think you're right. I think you're right. I will say this. I uh, We kind of made fun of it because of its... um, Tales from the Cryptness, but I found something about that kind of familiar and comforting. And, and maybe endearing. that's maybe that's from watching a lot of movies, '90s movies on cable. Mm-hmm. But it was watching it being like it felt like when we were watching it. It was not 2 a.m. in 1999, and I wasn't sitting by myself. But yeah. that's what it felt like. Is like I'm watching cable at 2 a.m. by yeah. myself, and yeah. this movie's on, and that's fine, and I'm into it. And yeah, there's stuff to laugh at, but it like. Parts of it kind of work for me. I like yeah. the addition of the I, I hate to call them zombies, but I like the the of reanimated the three, people. The, yeah. What did I call it? the White Morris Day? Because the one dude just looks like Morris Day. If he's white. <laughs> the, but the oh, killer, man. the killer kid, the finally having a black character. You, you like know, all these things. I, I I was fine with these things. I, right. I, granted, I. I, I wouldn't endorse the third movie as like something you have to see, but I it, there's parts of it I really like and I think really work. Uh, okay. Even as other parts, like I said, the the, the constant flashbacking. And honestly, you, you brought it up, and now that I'm thinking about it, the mass of balls. Yeah. I hate that. The you didn't like the swarm of balls. Only the first shot of it, because the way that they're shaking, it's supposed to look like they're alive. Yeah. It just looks to me like you hung a bunch of Christmas balls. Well, that's what but they that fucking did. cool, though. And you it didn't like, look as so cool. you didn't like when Reggie's pinned in the corner? Like, you didn't like that scene? It's fine. Yeah. I thought it was cool. It was okay. It was one of the things that were like, okay, I don't like that. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Any other, any any final thoughts on Phantasm Three before we switch? Uh, no, I think I'm saving it all up. I'm just got a lot to talk to you about Phantasm Five. Uh, hey, right. thank you for listening to the horror business. Thank you, for, thank you thank for you having Josh. me. Yeah. Thank you to Josh on for the horror business. On. And I just I just want to say, um, Rusty from Seattle. I feel because this is like the third episode. This the guy sent us this message on Facebook. Hey, I don't run the Facebook, so this is all your I do. fault. No, no, no. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll cop to it. Dude, thank you so much for the message you sent me. I, You can ask my fucking coworkers. I cried when I read that. That was so nice of you. So if you're listening to this, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks to Josh for being on here, writing us that, you know, his 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 amazing version of uh, the Misfits Hard Business. And um, 
yeah, I guess thanks to anyone who retweeted or anything like that. Yeah, to thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please share. Please download. Rate, review, subscribe. That's yeah, our, yeah. our motto. Download, download, download. <laughs> uh, we, at some point, will have Hard Business shirts, so keep an eye out. Sick. Uh, and really, you know, we want, I think one of the ways we can grow this podcast is to go to more horror-y things. So uh, if you want us to come to your horror-y thing, whether that's a whether that's a, a marathon, screening, yeah. a screening, or whatever, if we can get there, I mean, if you're in Japan, I'm sorry, we can't <laughs> we can't come. If you're within if you're within three hours of the Lehigh Valley, we will come to you. I would go so far as to say five, five hours, hours if we don't have to pay for the thing when we get there. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, uh, we will also promote your horror thing. We we. Yes. Do we eventually want to get paid to promote things? Yes, we do. But right now, no one is paying us. So <laughs> while we're free, yeah. why and not unfettered why by not, financial constraints? Why not tell us about your thing so that we can hype it to people? Yeah. Uh, we'll, for for example, I don't have a good example. Never mind. We'll put I, I, I put I put the information in the show notes all the time, and we're on. Uh, I put it on Twitter. But again, Twitter the Harbiz six 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 Gmail the Harbiz six six six. And we're on Facebook at the Harbiz six six six. We love we lo- we love Satan. We, I'd do anyway. So uh, yeah, I think that's it for this episode. So uh, until oh next- yeah, next this weekend. I don't know if this episode will go up by this weekend, but this weekend is as you said the the Bigfoot the Bigfoot oh, big weekend at, the Mahoning. at Mahoning. And so and fucking come oh, up dude, to that. Holy shit! Thursday, Miskatonic Univer- uh, Institute. Oh yeah, Thursday we're gonna be at the Miskatonic Institute hearing uh, Dennis Paoli. Dennis? Is it Dennis? It's Dennis. Dennis, Dennis Paoli. Paoli. He did From Beyond, Castle Freak, Reanimator, and fucking Ghoulies too. So if you live within three hours in New York City, cease posing and go to that. Yeah, you really should. <laughs> All right. This has been a great episode. Stay spoopy. And until next time, mm. stay spoopy.